Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 125, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We review the new GMT coin game, People Power, and then we draft Games you wish you never taught your friends or family. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Uh, I'm Richie. Woo! All right, let's go. All right. I feel like, I I like, feel like I've been away for two months. It's nice to sit around the mic with you uh, guys. Yeah, we, I guess we did have to record early the yeah. last time. So, because, yeah, it has been yeah, a while. Because Chad had to go to 18 next XCON. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so did we. Oh, we did too. <laughs> Just a little later, but yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, we were there for the important stuff, like the zombie burger. And we played an yeah. 18XX game. We did play you an technically 18XX. technically did. Yep. And I almost liked it. I came real close. If they would, okay. if I would have went bankrupt, and <laughs> I would have, I would have enjoyed it. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, who taught you, he was saying that he said I really should have pushed, pushed him to go bankrupt because he oh. said he was trying to make sure the experience was fun and like, and I think if he had pushed it a little bit more, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's. I actually would rather somebody make the game miserable for me, yes, than to yeah. try to make it like soft and easy or whatever, you yeah. know. Cut me off, you know, screw me with stock, something. Maybe that's what we need. Yeah. I, I just don't know. I don't I just don't know that 18XX is for me. And, and that's okay. So, Not every game is for yeah. everybody. Right. So I tried. But it was still a great uh It was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it was great to see uh, Andrew and uh yeah. you know he was he was hobbled up when we were down there. <laughs> he he was hobbled up. You know how he did that? You know how he I did he hear was how wa- he did walking that. in a boot. <laughs> that guy. Uh yeah, he uh I don't care. It's probably HIPAA act or whatever. He can come sue me. <laughs> so, I, I, so, anyway, he, uh, yeah, he broke his uh, fifth metatarsal doing hopscotch with his niece. <laughs> like, like least athletic guy I've ever met. And when he said that, I, I thought he was just joking at first. Right. And then yeah. I realized he was not joking. He was, he was, me up, he was really into the competition. He had to beat his niece. Yeah, so right. he's like, he's going I know for how it. that goes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, just totally. I mean, who does that? That's, you, you can't let those little kids show you up, though. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I get I you got to put in 100%. He must have uh, the hoppiest scotch he ever <laughs> hopped. But anyways, he put on, it was a great event. It was really, you know, so if, if you like 18XXCon, this would be a great con to go to. Because, I mean, literally, for four days straight. Four days straight? Yeah. Four days straight. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're just... Uh, you got nothing. I mean, he has all the 18XX titles. I will. T- I'm, I mean, I, I'm going to go into it, but we even got like I even got Ur, uh, the the splatter 18XX or 1830. Okay, or I, whatever. Think, I think that will be the last 18XX I, I ever play. I think that's <laughs> you, my you plan. We'll try the splatter I, one because I got to play. You got to play all the so I gotta, Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, no. but yeah, it, it was a great time. You know, I just got to give. I, I just had to bust Andrew's chops a little bit because after yeah. I came back all, I mean like right now, all I kind of want to play are like some trick taking games and 18 XX games. So I was like trying to post on this one forum and Facebook that is like 18 XX gamers. And I was like, um, Hey, does anybody know? Like, uh, how, how would you, where should I post on board game geek to look for people in the Omaha area? You know, and I was getting all these suggestions and of course, Andrew text te- just send me a private text that goes, uh, maybe just don't say it's you. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, we had a good time. We had a good time. 
All right. So, Chad, tell us, I mean, what were what were some of the highlights of the weekend for you? Well, one nice thing was I got some games that I have in my collection that I haven't been getting played. I got some of those played, and I played them a couple times each, actually. So there's an All Aboard Games uh, game by Scott Peterson, who is, you know, he published 18 Chesapeake, and he kind of got the mass production rolling on a lot of 18xx games, which was good. But uh, I played 18 New England, which is a... It's a partial capitalization game, which means you don't get all your money into the company at once. Yeah. It means you get it in increments. And when people buy shares of your company or you buy shares. I actually understood what he just said. <laughs> That's scary. Sorry, continue. I, usually I don't understand anything you're saying. Yeah, there you I understood what you just said. Okay, well, okay. So okay. in this situation, it is all about when people invest in you, you get that money, right? And then uh, the game is really about trying to uh, marry your miners together. Basically, you're trying to get minor companies and get them to connect and figure out when's the best time to merge those together or just to kind of grow up to a full capitalization company and those kinds of things. So I, I really enjoyed the decisions there and they were interesting. Um, that was a good one. I also played uh, 49, which I think Richie would kind of like because it's aggressive. It's in Italy. You stop saying that. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, what's this one's super hard, but it's dual gauges. It's so grinding out, like just for small sums of money, because it's so hard to make money with your company in this because track is so expensive. And every time you upgrade a tile, even if you go from yellow to green or green to brown, you still have to pay that cost. So always you have to keep paying it and it gets really expensive. And the companies, as they come out, they come out in this random order. So you make this game, you can't start the company that you had decided to start. Maybe if you're in this turn order, it's this company that is up to ready to be started or bought shares in. One thing that was really funny is uh, a good friend who was kind of in from Ohio. He, uh, Andrew, he kind of, he played with us the first time. He's like, oh yeah, we got to play this game. I love this game. And he was kind of trying to get somebody that was new to the game to uh, to buy this private or at least bid him up. And um, he's like, no, that's a valuable private. We can't let him have that for that much. So then he bid him up. And then that guy was like, oh, I don't I don't really want that. So then Andrew ended up <laughs> with three minor uh, like three privates at the beginning, which is not good in that game because he just couldn't afford anything mm. for the first couple of turns. He's like, this, this is very bad. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how this happened. This is very bad. So he went bankrupt right away. And then he just went over and uh, joined you guys, actually. Yeah, we played yeah. Uh, Moo and what else did we play? To start with, you guys played uh, Age of Steam, I think. Because oh, he yeah, hopped yeah, in on right. Age of he Steam. He hopped in on you. Age of Steam, and then we played Moo after that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about. I don't. I don't know if we've talked about Moo on this on this podcast yet, but we can talk about that here in a second. Um, I will say that I think my favorite game, though, and this is our our friend friend of the podcast, Tim. Um, my favorite game I played all weekend was Tim's very first eighteen XX, and that was eighteen twenty two MX, which is from the twenty two series of games, which means. Basically, there are tons of auctions in these games. Every round, you have these bid boxes and these bidding cubes, and you are bidding on four different privates and kind of special abilities. So you can, these other private abilities, you can sell them into train companies, or you some of them, you kind of keep them, and they're a special ability that you get to do with kind of all your companies. It's very interesting. But what's interesting about the decisions in the 22 family is that often when you play 18xx, you want to invest, you know, you want your money to work for you. So you're constantly spending all your money in the stock rounds, right? 
in this game, you don't know if you want to do that because there could be stuff that comes out in the next round that you really want, and then you don't have enough money for it or don't have enough money to bid on it. So it kind of adds an interesting wrinkle. Um, yeah, 1822MX was a great game. I really loved, like I said, the, the special powers that you could accrue and like how the bidding worked out every round. It was just the auctions, like massive, tons and tons and tons of auctions, and it was really way more interesting than I thought it would be. Uh, so I really enjoyed that one. That was my favorite game of the weekend. Ooh, okay. Uh, sounds interesting as they I, always do. That's, that's the problem with Chad uh, is yeah. that he does make this sound. Yeah. It's like he something does. I would like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, <laughs> Chad, no, <laughs> no. So Chad, what, what would you say? I mean, what is your favorite part of 18XX? And if you're selling this to somebody out there, I mean, what what's the catch here? I am always walking away going, oh, that turn, I should not have put my money into that company and I should have invested in that company. Or, oh, if I had been paying attention to how turn order was going to work out, I could have grabbed priority deal for the next stock round and then dropped that person's stock before they had a chance to sell it off and tank their stock. Or, oh, I wish that I had seen that... If I built here, that person was going to be able to connect to me and token out my other train company before I could get there. Mm. There are constantly so many decisions that I'm always like, I will do this better next time. I just have to remember to do this. I'm, I'm still learning so much about a game. And honestly, like, I'll be honest, I am not the best at games, but this, I'm always kind of figuring out new things. Um, and so to me, it's that's what's worth it. And I'm one of those players too that, I play games because of the discovery of it. Um, it's, I mean, winning is a nice bonus, but that's what gets me interested is discovering new things every time. And the 18XX system does that for me in spades. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, you know what game I would like to talk about that we played at 18XX Con? Age Steam? Well, I'd love to talk about Age of Steam, <laughs> but we've talked about Age of Steam a lot. That is true. I'd like to talk about a little splatter game that we got to play. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You finally got to play it. I, I did. Um, so uh, I still have my name up on the whiteboard at, uh, at uh, Ashland, Nebraska, that uh, for me to play that game. And Andrew still, you know, had ignored it. But uh, that's okay, because now <laughs> I finally got to play it. And I can't remember the gentleman's name who brought uh, the game. It was Brett. Brett Trapp. Brett. Okay. He has. He was actually in the paper in Des Moines for his extensive board game collection. Oh, oh cool. So, yeah. Oh, he, he's awesome. he's really got quite the collection. Well, he's, uh, he's got one that you that you two are jealous of for sure. Uh, yeah, well, for sure. I would definitely love to have it. Not at the price that it's at, but uh, but anyways, it, this is Greed Inc. So this are Greed Incorporated. This uh, it came out uh, uh, somewhere in the two thousands. And, um, Oh seven, maybe sounds good. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds about right. Cause I, I realized it wasn't like, I mean, there are roads and boats and, uh, those others came out before it. So, cause when I was looking, but anyways, um, I don't know this game didn't, you know, it's not really what it's considered one of the, the big five, I guess, you know, the, the splutter has a big five or I don't know if it's the big six now with, with oh nine, but oh nine, but, uh, this game is kind of 18xx adjacent in the fact that you are starting companies and buying certain like ways to make goods, but 
really the crux of the game is for you to try to get out of these companies with some personal money to then buy different um, artwork and speed boats and all this guy, which is just really victory points. But it's done really well where there's a like a really cool negotiation round where it's basically like, well, I've got some sand and you've got some housing. And if we trade these together, then we can make, you know, this, uh, this other thing, you know, that, that that's worth more money when you go to sell it. Um, this game was just fascinating. I mean, I absolutely just picked up how, I mean, just what it was doing. It was just so much fun. The negotiation, the trying to figure out when to, you know, kind of keep your company running so you can make more money but yet knowing when to kind of tank. And I think we all probably kept our companies a little too long. I mean, I definitely, yeah, especially I to start. Part, yeah, I definitely would have dumped a company a lot, which is tough being like, you know, and I realize people will say I, I don't play euros, but you know, that's my main thing. And when you're used to, and I think this is probably an 18 XX, yes. probably same thing is I'm just like, how can I really make this company run really well? And that's not always the idea of what you're trying to do. And I said that to you coming in. I said the picture, the big thing with this game to remember is when to drop drop out of the company at the right time. Yeah. You think because you got it going so well that you want to stay in it, but that's the best time to pull the golden parachute and get out as the CEO. And and the best thing I I the best 18xx games to me are when your companies aren't your companies. They're a weapon to make money. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And that's basically, yeah. And I think that's a, that's a tough thing for me. I mean, that's, uh, you know, trying to figure that out, but I'll tell you, I mean, this, this game is absolutely on my want list. I would love to pick up a copy. I do not want to pick it up for $300, but it is definitely on my want list. Um, unfortunately we got some bad news the other day when uh, splatter said that they're going to do a reprint of Indonesia. I don't know who needs a reprint of Indonesia. We've all made our own versions. <laughs> right. We don't need a reprint of Indonesia, but, um, but unfortunately they're not going to do anything with greed Inc at this point, but hopefully next few years or whatever, uh, they'll, they'll do that. And maybe we'll just, uh, you know, have to make a few more trips to Des Moines for zombie burgers yeah. and, you know, greed Inc. Or know, maybe, so. I mean, Richie, I mean, hear me out. Maybe they will have a couple of crappy copies at a random Candle shop. Candle shop yeah. in Canada, yeah. <laughs> That's where I got Indonesia from. So. There you, go. <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> yeah, it looked like it had been through war, but yeah. you know, right. it, it was there. There you go. Uh, I I think with more plays, it could easily be my favorite spotter. No question. Uh, my, I, I, I loved oh. it, but my only thing is I could really see that game falling flat with the wrong group. Like, you really got to be like into it. It's to me agreed and i mean we had a good group to play it but i i would agree you know i i'm i'm going to a i'm going to a con next weekend and you know i mean i'm gonna know a couple of people there but i don't know i'm not gonna know a lot of people and i was sitting there thinking to myself man i wonder if somebody would have a copy of greed inc you know and i get to play and then i thought ooh, you know what if i sit down and these people are you know just not bad, but I mean, they're just maybe not as rambunctious or maybe they don't, you know, like they I don't want to haggle. Maybe or, they want to haggle or maybe I tell them, oh, I'm going to do this. And then I backstab them and then they're really pissed off. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't think so. But, you know, it's just always a worry when you're playing a game like that 
what you know what level can you kind of go to and that that can sometimes be a difficult thing if you're not playing with people you know i mean me step backstabbing richie or joe farrell or brockman you know that's like a regular tuesday night so definitely uh but it's still i would agree with you richie but I still would love to have this game because I. Oh, definitely, I, yeah. If, and, if they do the reprint yeah. ever, uh, yes. and it's a decent price, I'll definitely pick it up. Yeah, and I mean, for like Chad said, I mean, I think this one kind of shot close to the top of my splatter list for me. So, uh, which is really saying a lot because, I mean, uh, pretty much I like almost every splatter that I've played. So, I mean, it's that's that's a tough climb to hill. That's a tough climb to hill. <laughs> that is a tough hill to climb. Oh, all right. I'm going to tell you really quick because I promised to do it about a about a splatter that that I played at the con uh, oh, yeah. that Ur 1830 BC and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. this one came out in uh, 2001 actually and it is some of the as you'd expect it is some of the weirdest art like <laughs> it just looks like an acid trip but I would say that honestly Tommaso Batista who was the co designer on Barrage I almost feel like he liked this game a whole lot and wanted to design something a bit more Euro-y because really what this game is, is you are investing in land because you are a civilization and you need to get water to your land, which is basically roots with running trains, right? It, it took the, it totally acknowledges Francis, Francis Tresham's 1830 design. And it's hence part of the title, right? But you're a civilization. You're trying to do that and you're buying like ditch diggers which are, you know, basically to make the the routes, you know, and you're buying pumps so you can pump water flowing downhill, but you're pumping it away from people. So like people could set up the route, but then all of a sudden you pump the water way away and, and down through them. And then you're messing people up because there's a progression basically because down at the bottom of the map, you, you're always kind of building up towards the top because down at the bottom of the map is mostly sand, some grassland and so on the, where the mountains are up at the top and they're more expensive to buy into, but you're buying this land. And then you're trying to water it, essentially. Um, but what you can do is you can tank certain land. So there was like, there was one point, and it was long because we were trying to figure out the game. But it there was one point where I think we actually argued for about like almost an hour over who was going to do what. Because he's like, no, look, he's going to go into mountains. And if he does that, then I'm going to tank his sand. And if I tank his sand, you know, like, and we were just, I mean, we were haggling so hard. But it was fun to play this system that kind of really, really oh. encouraged that. And it was all about like kind of just, you know. It's a splatter, so I, right. I'm going to try right, it. That I'm going to try. But because really that sounds it. really good. It does sound good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the only part that didn't sound good was an hour and for one little thing. And then, you know, then there was probably like eight hours true. around. I will say yeah. you're, it wasn't that long, but you're, but you are better off going with, going into playing it with somebody who, who really knows the game that'll help. But I mean, you know, you can, again, it's like personalities. Like how much do you want to, do you want to get in and haggle? Like, are you having fun in this? You know, and everybody around the table was having fun in the spirit that it was in basically. But I mean, I was like, I thought I had made this play that was so good. And then somebody bought these pumps, you know, which kind of like trains, like rust other technologies and stuff and just totally diverted everything away from my route. And it all like just completely dried up, mm -hmm. tanked all my land. It was devastating, wow. but uh, it was really enjoyable. I would definitely play it again. But I think, like I said, if you can, um, it, it really behooves you to play with somebody who who knows the game a little bit. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, fellas, I'm a little worried because there's a, a cooperative game that I like. And I've been playing 
quite a bit of it. Yeah, just take off the headphones. And I don't know if it's because I've been playing so many co-op games with Nox lately. Like right now, we're playing Massive Darkness Two. Like that's his favorite game right now. That's all we're playing. Hey, that's and, pretty good for yeah. that age that yeah, he's, he's handling all that. that. He's that's handling great. it, and because uh, the big change for because I originally backed Massive Darkness. And it was terrible. And I sold my Kickstarter copy. Um, and then I think Josh picked up Massive Darkness, or he backed the second one. I didn't even look at it. But they did change how the classes work. So every class works, uh, like actually plays differently. So it, and it, they just they cleaned up the system and it, it works well. Uh, that's not the game I'm going to talk about. Spirit Island, I bought. What? <laughs> yes, I bought Spirit Island a long time ago, put it on the shelf. I, honestly, I don't even know why I bought it because I don't like cooperatives. And then, uh, but that doesn't stop us from buying games sometimes. I nope. almost bought Stevenson's Rockets, Rocket the other day. <laughs> after <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. It, I just found it, you know, sometimes when you find a copy of a game that is hard to find, you're like, should I just buy it? <laughs> even though I hate the game. Yeah. <laughs> in some alternate universe, like in a dystopia where we're running out of food and, and Richie's like, I got these three food vouchers and a copy of Stevenson's Rocket and I'll trade it to you for that room for the night. <laughs> um, so... Better get I, some non-expired water. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> so Amazon had Spirit Island Horizons, which is like the streamlined version of it, uh, in the like entry point that you can use, like, just cheaper. Uh, it's still the full game in there, except they don't have like the events and different things like that in there. So they had it for like uh, I think it was twelve ninety nine. Wow. So then I bought that free game. Yeah, basically a free game. So I bought the free game, and then I taught that to uh, Jessica and her brother. And it was too long. It I was like, eh, it was it was okay, but I really liked the the different spirits, the just the, and they're all low complexity spirits that are in that spirit uh, horizon. And then I you know once I actually knew how to play, and I busted out my own copy of Spirit Island, and I played a two player game with Jessica, and it got better. Then I just played solo, and that that's where that game sings. I don't so I don't even know. Well, maybe I'm not. Maybe nothing's wrong with me because <laughs> yeah. I don't want to play a cooperative game with other people. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, I'm fine. Sense. That makes a lot okay. of sense. I'm to fine me. then. But you're solo gaming then. But I, yeah, I've been playing it a lot, and it's it's the compliance training time of year. So I've had it set up next to my desk, and whatever I'm doing, you know, whatever harassment training you have to do, and you have to watch those stupid videos for like an hour. <laughs> I'm playing Spirit Island on the I side. Know, Richie, <laughs> I know for a fact Richie didn't pay attention to the harassment training. <laughs> Why do they have to give you harassment training when you don't even go to work? <laughs> Who are you going to harass? Mean, yourself? You can <laughs> technically harass people through and emails and email. whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> Richie, Richie fished, harassed, and then, and then hit someone all in one email once. <laughs> Uh, but I've played it. I've played 20 solo games. I've, I've been working through all the spirits wow. I've been doing. Now I'm starting to get into the uh, adversaries and starting to move up the the difficulty level. But I love it. It, it is a fantastic, puzzly solo game. The more people you add to it, the worse the game gets, though, because it what, just drags. What about playing it two-handed? Do you have you? Done uh, that I've done that for yet? the first time uh, a couple days ago, playing two spirits, and I liked it. Um, I almost thought it was made the game slightly too easy, and maybe it was just because of the two spirits I played. They worked very well together. Like I didn't pick a difficult setup for myself, um, but I, I enjoyed that as well. But it, I mean, it does. I still, I think I, I like just the true solo, one spirit and one island board, right on. um, and then just 
ramp up the difficulty with the adversaries. So, I mean, this, you know, your solo talk here. Yeah. You got to you got to get Mr. President and give it a try. I'm going to let Joe do that. That's a 10 like a 10 hour solo game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it looks cool. Yeah. It looks very cool, but yeah. I, I did see that there are like 200 pages of charts. Yeah, like, I'm never doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to have a dedicated table to set it up on, yeah. which I think you you still have kind of. I mean, I do, but not for like Spirit Island is like 45 minutes solo. So like 45 minutes to an hour. That 10 hours is I mean, we're talking Pendragon. So you Dad, Dad, can we play a game on the day? No, because no. I'm still the president. I gotta finish this first. Yeah. Uh well, I mean, some people say, you know, you go, you play it for an hour or whatever, then you walk away, then you come back and yeah. you know, you find out if you blow up the world or you save the world. I mean this is another one of those games that like if I if I saw it on sale cheap, even though I know I'd would never actually like read through all the rules and actually yeah. set it up and play it. I might buy it. Okay. <laughs> I was just wondering. Yeah. Joe said that uh, he was talking to Cindy when, when he brought it home, you know, because mm-hmm. he, he just saw it and he's like, I couldn't resist it, you know, and he showed it to her and she's like, huh, well, uh, can you declassify documents just by saying they're declassified in that game? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll let you know. <laughs> but yeah, it does sound really cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I just don't. No, yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't have the time. I, for I was just curious. I was just yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but no, I, it's I, definitely I, something that I would love in a like Chad said, an alternate universe. Okay, oh, all, a, right. Yeah. all right. Uh, so, well, that's going to make Jamie very happy because obviously he's a big spirit yeah, our, our, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our uh, one of our good friends, Jamie, he yeah. loves that. That might be one of his number ones. So, so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, did you talk about Moo yet? Because we said we were no. talking about Moo, and we've had some good experiences with that game. Yeah, some would, good trick taking. I would love to talk about. Uh, I've been, you know, as you kind of said, we've been a little bit on a trick taking uh, kick here, and I've I've probably played five or six different trick takers here in the month of July, and. Um, I think Moo is definitely on the top of my list. I really, really like Moo. And spelled M-U, uh, in most of it, most of the rules are in M-U and more if you're looking for mm. it in Board Game Geek. Yeah. So. yeah but I, I think Moo and lots more is okay. the latest printing. I mean, they're both out of print. Right. But, yeah, but that's the latest iteration. You're correct. Yeah. So what you, if you, I mean, if you like trick-taking games and you think this sounds interesting, what you can do is you can buy a couple of copies of uh, Stick'em, stick and then um, that will allow you to play the game with with no problems. Yeah. Uh, you won't have to tell people that 14s or 7s and 11s are <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, and so. when we were so, playing that, like, because me and Brockman, he, we were learning the game when he was teaching that, and he kept saying, you know, you know, when he first started, he was like, you know, this is a 7, this is a 1. And then, you know, then he starts teaching, and this is not necessarily a very straightforward trick-taking game. And then he keeps looking at us like we're idiots when we keep forgetting that the 14 <laughs> is not a 14. <laughs> he's like, what, what, do you, what don't you get? <laughs> it's just the normal looks I usually get. Uh, <laughs> no, and I, and I realized, so that was, it was tough to teach just because of that. Um, but anyways, the game itself, it's a... It's, it's a kind of a team trick-taking game, but the, your teammate obviously will change each round because you're going to bid. And after you get your hand, you're going to bid cards face up. And, and just real quick, I mean, whoever puts out the most cards is going to be kind of the what they call the chief. And then whoever has the second most cards out is going to be the vice. 
and the vice will get to choose a Trump that will be like the minor Trump. So let's say, and they can either say a color or they can say a number. And then the president or whatever, the uh, chief will then get to name the major Trump. And then they will name either a color or a number. And color being suit in this case. Yes. Color of suit. Yep. And then, then the chief will pick a partner. He can't pick the vice. He'll pick somebody else. And then those two will go. It's best at five. I've played it at four and five. Four is okay. Five is where it really shines for sure. But then you have that team and then you're just trying to get a certain number of points, depending on how many cards you bid. Uh, and then, but yet everybody always gets a points for any of the tricks that they take. And, um, most cards are worth one point. The sixes and sevens are worth two points. And then there's a couple of them that are worth zero points. But, um, I really found it to be just a great game. Uh, I really like the aspect of the bidding. Uh, once I think, once we really understood the bidding, that was one of the more interesting parts. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. wow, I really want to be able to name a Trump. So I'm going to keep, you know, trying to put cards down to bid to try to get, you know, one of those two spots or whatever, so that I can name a Trump. And yeah, I, I, I really like it. The cool thing is too, is when people are bidding, you're getting to see everybody's part of their hands. Cause you're uh-huh. playing from off the table too. So when you play cards out to the trick, you can play some of the ones you bid in front of you. So that goes into choosing, you know, like choosing a partner sometimes as you're looking at those cards that those people have. So for me, honestly, this takes the place of Le, Plate- Le Plateau for the reason that it has those moving alliances, you know, those uh-huh. moving, changing teams. And it's not quite so hard to explain or to see, you know, like Le Plateau has, okay, here's this pattern that we have to make. Here's this. And sometimes it can be hard to see or hard to teach new people to see. Whereas this gets at at that alliance thing that's fun and also has the same feeling of like, Oh God, please don't pick me. Don't, don't pick me for your team. Uh, I, I don't want to be on your team or. Right. But the best part about Moo is somebody picks you for their team. It doesn't, for you, you can still get the bonus points if you hit. Right. But if you don't, you don't lose any points. That's true. Where in yeah. La Plateau, you lose the points, lose points and you, you may have no choice or whatever. I'll agree. I like La Plateau and I'll still play it. But I will agree with you. I would much rather right now play Moo than I would La yeah. Plateau. Well, plus so. you don't, like in, at least Moo, you're. You can make that decision where Lafayette you're just calling out a, a card and then you'll right. just get whoever. Right, exactly. But at least you can get some information it, out with right. what's out there. And you can kind of try to get, you know, say, yeah. hey, look here, I've got the the blue nine, you know, which, okay, right. well, if I choose blue, you know, that's going to be, you know, the number one best Trump or whatever. So uh, it gives you more information. I will totally agree. I, Like I said, I still like Laplato, but... I think I would play this over it every single time. And not to mention, you don't have to have to worry about having a board and all the little tokens and mm-hmm. everything. A lot easier to kind of, yeah. I'm, I'm liking this. Evol- uh, we are oh. currently watching Clef evolve again. I know. Coming into the trick-taking I games. Because I remember when we first met, I mean, he did not like trick-taking games. Yeah, you were the card maven in, in our game. Yeah, and I, I had stop- I was buying trick-takers all the time. And I wouldn't dare bring them over here because I, I knew he didn't <laughs> want anything to do with it. Uh, and he is slowly, he's evolving again. Yeah. This just shows I can grow. All right. I don't, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not in one, yeah. you know, not one spot. I'm not, you know, who knows? Five years, I might be the biggest 18XX fan out there. <sighs> Say it. Say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we should talk about one more just because I want to share with uh, with our listeners a game that they could play right now. They don't have to buy anything. We should talk about 99. 
Don't you think? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. So, about trick takers. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to let you explain the rules, but I will say that 99 is a regular deck of cards. And this came out like in the 70s in some puzzle magazine. 1974. Yeah, that's right. Uh, David Parlette, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, and he just, uh, he basically established a, a game with a regular deck of cards. So you could play this game. If you go to BGG, you can download the rules, but we're going to tell you right now how to play, but you could play it right now. And uh, it's actually one of those that's best at three. So it doesn't take a lot of, uh, a lot of people to play. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's a very simple game. And the fact that you take out, if you play with three players, you're going to take out the five through deuces. So you're going to play with your sixes through aces and it's a must follow. And then, but the trump suit is going to change or potentially can change each round. You start off with it being diamonds, but the unique thing is you're going to get dealt 12 cards. You're going to put three of those cards face down to make a bid. Okay. So um, similar to like a skulking where you're going to choose a number that you're going to bid, and then you're going to try to hit that bid. And, but the way that you bid is if you put down a diamond, that's worth zero. Like that means I don't, I no no tricks. If you put down a spade, it's one trick. If you put down a heart, it's two, and a club is three. But you have to put down three cards. So let's say I put down a diamond, a heart, and a club. That would mean I'm going to take five tricks because you'll add the three and the two together, saying I'm going to take five of the nine tricks, which obviously is, is not a very easy thing to do. Um, so that's how you kind of start off, and it's kind of a secret bid. And then, like I said, and I'll talk about the other part here in a moment, but then you will simply just be – you know, trying to hit your bid. And at the end of the round, everybody will say, you know, like say I, I got three tricks and let's say I revealed and I bid four, I would have missed my bid, but I still get my three points for my three tricks. But let's say Richie had bid three and he hit his three and Chad, you had bid something and you hit yours. Since two of you had hit your bid, you're both going to get some bonus points. So you'd both get 20 points. If one of you just hit, you'd get 30. If we all hit, we'd all get 10 extra bonus points. And then depending on how many of us hit, the trump will change for the next round. So that's another, so it might, you know, like if two people hit it, then it goes to hearts for the next round. It kind of goes to the, what the bid, uh, the number of the bid was that uh, was hit. So anyways, um, but then there's one little more aspect to it that can kind of really be crazy with it is you actually have an opportunity, one person each round, they can reveal their bid. So they can show what they bid so everybody knows, oh, well, Richie's going for three tricks. But he can also, if he wanted to, reveal his hand also. And if you do this, you can actually score bonus points, 30 bonus points per revealing your hand or, and 30 bonus points for revealing your bid. So you actually have an opportunity to score an additional 60, plus if you hit your bid, plus your, you know, such. But if you don't hit it, your opponents get the points then. So it's kind of a risky thing. It's like, well, I could do this and get a lot of bonus points, but you know, and hence where the name of the game comes from 99, because if you reveal your hand and your bid and you bid nine, you would get 30, 30, 30 and nine. So you could get 99 points in one hand. So that's, that's kind of how you play the game, but it's great. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. I, I've really enjoyed. And uh, the only person I've taught it to that doesn't like it is my wife because she doesn't like trick-taking games where she's not trying to take every single trick. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, she just doesn't like, yeah, she just likes games where she's trying to take every trick. Hmm. Like, she liked Moo a lot. Yeah. But she did not like 99. Hmm. Okay. 
Uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I would say this is, like I said, if you have three people, this is a great little game to play. And uh, it's fun to kind of make those decisions when you're placing down your bet, too. Like, how much do I want to, because it's a must follow. So how much do I want to short suit myself to set myself up for some tricks that I might get? And then do I get rid of any of these trumps that are out there and those kinds of things? So some some really nice stuff. And you want to hopefully play with some people who are going to push their luck a little bit because that kind of that's kind of what makes it fun. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to sneak in one more since oh, we talked please talk do. about solo games, okay. talk about trick taking games. I'm yeah. going to tell you about a solo trick taking game. Oh yeah, wow. tell us about Four this one. Northwoods. Now the only problem with Four Northwoods is that I don't like. You can play this with regular deck of cards, and if you go on BGG, there are rules for it. The uh, retail copy, it's fantastic. The cards are plastic cards. It's a little magnetic, little tuck box. Like it's a fantastic uh, production, but the art is very childish like very like super young. cutesy yeah super cutesy but like so much so like you would think like if someone just had this out and like their baby was nearby you would think like this was something for their baby <laughs> <laughs> but oh, richie that's so nice you're playing with some cards good job richie um but the game is really good it is a you so you set out there's eight different location cards and then you'll place a and they go from zero to seven and that's just how many tricks you're going to take and so on your turn, and you're gonna you're gonna go to each location, but at each location there's uh, a ruler. That's the the theme for the game. There's a ruler there that basically will tell you what the trump suit's going to be for that particular uh, location. So if you go to the zero location, then you're saying that you're going to take zero tricks this okay. turn. And if you get it, then that particular location is worth a number of stars or points. Uh, the most that you can get, if you were able to get all the locations, you would get twenty points. Uh, then you, you'll, well, first you deal yourself a, a hand of eight cards. Then you get to select the location that you want to go to. So basically saying how many tricks you think you can take. And then you will flip over the top card of the deck. And that's the, basically the, that ruler, that's the card that they have played and the, you will respond. So it's, it's a very puzzly game in the sense that, um, you know, obviously if you pick zero and, and, you know, you'll look at your hand first, so you'll be able to decide what you think you can take. But the nice thing is you also have, powers in the game so you have four powers to start the game and they could be like discard all of the trump suit for this particular location or draw cards and then discard cards there's a bunch of different powers and if you win that location you get that particular ruler who also has a power and then they uh, are part of your allies uh, and then you can swap them in and out with the other allies that you have and it just you know keeps kind of uh, rolling along that way until you go through each location but very good card game. Like if you are like when I first moved to Nebraska, you know, I had no Euchre players and I was like in the thick of playing Euchre in those days. And I remember my college girlfriend, I made her play two player Euchre, which is terrible. <laughs> but I just needed I just needed a taste of Euchre. But if you just need like a taste of a trick taking game like this is a very good solo trick taking game. And it it's very puzzly and it, it gives you all the feels that you need when you want to play a trick taking game. Like I said, you can play with a regular deck of cards. You just look up the rules on BGG. But the production is nice. It's just the art is not great. Nice. For Northwoods. I mean, don't you feel better getting all those plays off your chest? It feels like we're holding that in. There's so many yeah. good games to talk about lately. You know what? The thing that I wrote down that I was going to talk about, I didn't even Did talk about it. See? <laughs> I didn't even Next get episode. To it. Yeah. So many games. <laughs> so many games. Well, right. Speaking of which, uh, I think we should talk about this coin game we reviewed. Absolutely. Yeah. Our first official coin game review. Yeah, that's right. I didn't even realize that. 
Um, so real quick, uh, People Power, uh, obviously GMT game. It is designed by Kenneth T. And this is a this is a three player three player coin game, uh, which the last I guess big coin game that came out would have been All Bridges Burning, which also was a three player coin game. Um, so yeah. And it is, we should say, it is set in the Philippines. Um, it's the insurgency in the Philippines from 1981 to 86. Um, and I think uh, Mr. <laughs> I should, does he want to be called Mr. T? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he quite likes that. Okay. Well, um, I, just having read, fool. <laughs> having read the designer's uh, diary, basically, on, on it, um, he had some personal... Uh, kind of relationship to the the Philippines and and the history there. And uh, he had been designing this for about 10 years uh, before it came out. And really uh, in the designer diary, he talks about how he, how much he was influenced by um, a variety of different coin designs, uh, albeit the three player idea, but then some other, uh, other things. And he designed this game to make it uh, a more approachable coin game. That was kind of the purpose of it. So uh, why don't you uh, give a, an overview of the rules, Clef? Sure. I mean, I'm gonna, and I'm going to, I'll give a brief overview of coin game in general, just in case uh, somebody's not quite aware of what a coin game is. Uh, so first of all, a coin game is, is counterinsurgency is, is kind of what is the coin stands for. And it is um, a game where you're going to have different win conditions for each one of a faction that you're going to play. Um, it's going to have a, a map and it's going to, so it's kind of an area control um, item where you're trying to, you know, get different areas. And like I said, each person's win condition though is going to be different. And then each uh, faction is going to have its own set of uh, operations. And then it's going to also have its own section of special activities or special abilities that it can do. Um, it is going to be card driven in the sense that every round a new card or an event is going to be flipped up. And when that event is flipped up, it is going to have a kind of a set um, player order on the top of it of the faction. So in this case, in people power, it's going to have the three different factions up there. And then if you are eligible, which I'll talk about that here in a second, you will have, and you're the first one on that card, you have the first option of what action you want to take, which could be to take the event and do what's on the card, or you can do some other options, and then whoever's next on the card potentially then will also do it. However, as you play, if you take an action, uh, you will then become ineligible for the card for the next round. So then if some card comes up next round that maybe would have been really good for you, unfortunately, and you, even if you were first on it, you're ineligible, then it will just go to the next person that is on there that uh, then they get to act. So um, that's kind of how you, you continue to play a coin game. And then mixed in amongst that deck are what are called and just in simple here, I'll call them propaganda cards, uh, but they're called different things depending on which coin game it is. And when you hit one of those, you're going to go through a list of things, including the first thing is, has somebody made it to their win condition? If they have, the game is over. Um, if not, then you continue down in, uh, through some different things and you'll go through a whole bunch of different, uh, you know, depending on what coin game things that will go on. And then you'll kind of reset and then start the next round and you'll go again. Unless obviously it was the last 
card in the deck and then the game once again, then you would figure out who is the closest to win condition if, if somebody hasn't won. Um, so that's brief overview of coin. So real quick, I'll just talk about some of the differences of this one is uh, one of the biggest differences of this is when you're flipping over the events um, for this game, you only flip over one event at a time. So you actually don't know what the next event is on a card, where in all the four player coin games, you always get to know what the next one is. So you might be first on that card you're looking at in, in the other games, but you see, oh, there's another card that's coming up that's really good, so I'm going to pass so I can make sure to get that card. Well, in this one, you don't have that ability. You have to just kind of take a guess. The other thing, or you know, try to decide whether I want to take an action or maybe I want to pass and try to get the next card, whatever the case is. The other thing that's a little bit different in this one is all factions can actually a act on a card where normally it's only two factions in most of the four-player games, where in this one, you actually, every faction can take an action uh, on a card as long as they are eligible. So that's another thing that's a little bit different about it. Um, the other difference that I'll just real quick hit on is there are some player powers, some personalities that you get to play. And, and those those are yeah. every round you choose one. So, so in this, one. the propaganda cards are elections. So uh, at, at the beginning of every election, you will choose a personality for the next round, basically going in. Yeah. Um, again, they give you a special ability. So that feels like an interesting choice kind of based on where you're at in the game. What do I want to leverage? What power? And then you have that acts of desperation, which is basically mm -hmm. one right. of those things that help you if you come down to the last year and uh, and it, it, it's kind of tight. Um, basically, if there's not a clear winner at the end, you flip over your acts of desperation card that you have chosen prior to the last election. Right. And uh, then you kind of see, you can mess with the board state a little bit and see right. if you maybe hit it that way. Oh, yeah. Um, this one is definitely, um, you, you can play either a standard deck, which is going to be 20 cards with two elections, or you can play the extended, which is 30 cards with, with three elections. So... All right. So sorry, a lot of, a lot of stuff in a coin game. So just trying to, and I, like I said, I'm more just going to try to hit on the differences in this one, kind of give that brief overview, but yeah. So, um, so let's kind of start where we always do and just, I mean, talk about, uh, art and components, uh, for the game, Richie. It's a G and T game. So, I mean, it's, there's kind of standard fare. There's nothing like the board is fine there's nothing crazy about it as far as the art goes and the pieces and all the booklets and all that stuff like that are fantastic very clear i always loved with coin the fact that you have your faction uh little uh booklet that has ev what everyone can do so once someone starts taking an action you can go look and see what they're doing which is nice and everyone has that uh but yeah i, I think they did a, a great job as far as the production goes I would say, too, that uh, one of the nice things is that uh, this particular map, because it's sm small, kind of, uh, the Philippines, it doesn't feel cluttered. Uh, that That's kind of a nice thing. I'm always happy when you P500 a GMT game and it doesn't look like it needs any errata or stickers on the board yeah. to fix it. So, <laughs> and in this case, as far as I've uh, I've realized, I don't think there are any problems with that. Yeah, I haven't heard. At least I haven't heard of anything that has. No, I haven't. And so. yeah, like Chad said, I mean, that does that like all bridges burning. They had to release stickers and yeah. So it, it's nice when it's yeah. perfect. I mean, if you've bought a GMT game, you know what GMT games are going to be. You know, it's it's not going to be full of minis. It's not going to be full of 
fancy bits. It's it's cubes, very simple how it how it's put together. The map is not going to be overly fancy. The only map that I would say is probably overly fancy and probably one of the small drawbacks of Pendragon is, is sometimes I don't know where the heck the dang place is and it takes me like five minutes to find the place on the map. But, <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, font is it's a, little tough a bad choice. Pendragon. Yes, yeah. that was maybe... I, I wish they would just went simple like they, but the night, I mean, this game, very simple, very easy to read. You can tell the cities are very well laid out. Uh, everything about it. One, another thing that GMT does so well in these games, because you do have different wind conditions is it will always show you where the wind condition is for the other, you know, for your, whatever faction you're playing and the other factions, which I think is, is tremendous also. Um, and then as Richie said, the great thing that, they do with these coin games is, is everybody gets this same, you know, they make enough of them. So everybody gets this where they can see your own actions, but you can also see the other players actions so that you can go and, and follow along. So just, yeah, everything's great about it. And this one does play very well solo. And so you have your own um, also player aid that is the same size as the other ones Clef just referenced, just with all the charts for the solo. And there is a lot. Um, there is a, it's the, We'll talk about it in just a little bit, but it's called the Bonifacio deck. And it's, it is based on the Gandhi Arun, Arundi, I believe, deck, um, which has sort of streamlined those solo rules, which used to be a complete bear. There's still a lot, but if you've played um, you know, some of the solo games of David Turchi and sort of things like that, and you're familiar with the coin system, it shouldn't be too much of an ask. Yeah, it looks much better than what it used to be with all the different bots. And it is. It's nice yeah. that they're going back and starting to release decks for all the other coin games. Yeah, uh, Cuba Libre has one currently, I think, yeah. being 500. Yeah, so mm -hmm. if that is something you're definitely looking for, the solo version, that's that's really nice right now. Uh, so let's talk about uh, rule book and you know just kind of uh, being able to jump. So, Chad, I know you originally read the rule book. Uh, how, I mean, how do you feel like... One thing I would say that is so beautiful about uh, most GMT games and, and the coin system in particular is they have that sort of, um, you know, 7.0, 7.5, and they reference that constantly when they are talking about the game. So you know if there's an action you don't quite remember or understand, you can go back and look in the main rules of playbook, which is really helpful. But then there's also a playbook. So for those of us that need to play through something to understand it, beautiful because it walks you through like four people are playing the game and you're doing the stuff. So if you're a kinesthetic learner, that is a great way to learn this system mm -hmm. because you are just flipping the cards as you, as they have told you to do. You are taking the actions and then it's like, oh, okay, I see that when I march, it has to it come from, you know, my, my resources have to come from the origin rather than, you know, um, where they, where they end up. So uh, that it's it, it's a great way I think to learn, and it feels like GMT kind of is built for all different kinds of learners uh, from that perspective, which is nice. Yeah, I mean that that's a GMT thing. That's not yeah, just even definitely. a coin thing. I mean that's uh, I mean I've I've just been I've been learning a border reverse today, and a couple of things I just didn't quite understand. I'm just able to go to the playbook, and I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I now see what they're saying, which is such a nice thing for the playbook. But I wish. Every single, and I realize not every game can have it like this, but gosh, I wish every single publisher made rule books like this. I think, I really do think a playbook should be, because there are some games that are like super complicated, and then you go try to find a, a playthrough like on YouTube, just because mm -hmm. you just need to see how this particular mechanism works. Yeah. Uh, and with 
GMT. I mean, you have it right there in the rule book or in the playbook that you can just pick up. So yeah, it's I nice. Totally agree. All right. So, all right. So just overall gameplay, Richie, what's, uh, what we feel of the overall gameplay. It's a coin game. It's a streamlined coin game. You don't have to worry about like a bunch of different terrain types. You just have the cities, the countryside, all the actions are, you know, if you've played coin games before, you're going to, you know, you're going to know a lot of the actions. I mean, there's really nothing crazy in this one. And, and obviously it shouldn't be since this is kind of the one that you're supposed to teach your friends or as an intro into coin. Uh, but I enjoy it for, you know, like a, if you're looking for like a quick, cause a lot of times with coin games, like the different scenarios, cause I remember the first time we played fire in the lake, I think we did a short scenario or a medium scenario and it was like six or eight hours <laughs> as far as like, they're not necessarily short. Was, okay. was there any Rambo viewing in that? I Minimal, but okay. <laughs> Should have been. There was a little bit. Dan and Brent were there, so there was a little should, bit. <laughs> yeah, and this is just very streamlined. I I like that you don't you know there's no roads, there's no LOCs that you got to worry about. It is just very basic coin, but in a good way. Like I don't I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing because there's a lot going on in a coin game anyways. Yeah, we were still. I mean, we all played coin games, but we were still taking our time. Like, okay, I want to do this. How do I get to that? You know, um, still trying to figure out sequencing for for that kind of stuff. So there's still plenty to figure out. It's just that the rules complexity doesn't get in the way. You're like, okay, this is adjacent to this. This is adjacent to this. That's that's easy enough. I appreciated too the three player system in this because um, I don't think the way that it's set up with this three player system. I don't think you need to see the next event. I think that that might slow people down because, you know, if you're new, you're trying to keep track of too many things. But in this case, uh, you don't need to because you're either going to, if you're first, unless that event is really darn good on the card, you're probably going to take uh, an um, you're going to take an operation and a special activity if you can. Um, and if you're not going to or you can't, you're going to just take that limited up. You're very rarely are you going to pass just to get resources unless you're really, really struggling. So. Uh, Chad, I mean, I think you nailed my favorite thing about this game. And this also is going to go back to the British way because the British way is the same way. I like only one event showing. I think that's it. And for one thing, the speed, yeah. I mean, you're talking about when Brent has to look at two, <laughs> two different cards. events. I mean, I'm going to sit there for 10 minutes, letting him sit there yeah. and figure out what he's going to do. Okay? Right, because he's doing stand and, up on one of them for about five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and then, then we got to watch a little rainbow and I think you should leave. And yeah. then, you know, okay. But it can make a difference in those games where, yeah, I could take an action now, yeah. but like that event, I can't yeah. let them, I can't right. let anyone do that event. So right. I have to pass so that yeah. I can get to it. So I really like this fact of like, it's like, well, I don't know. I'm first on this mm -hmm. card. You know what? I'm just going to do the best action and hope for the best. You know, oh, the next card came up and it screws me totally. I just lost all my resources. Damn. But you just don't know. I like that. And I think it's actually a little bit more thematic in a way. You know, I mean, you don't know yeah. what's about to as be coming up or anything. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that is a stroke of genius in this game. And I'm not doing I'm not I'm not going to try to do a comparison in necessarily. But when you're talking for me where all bridges burning is a tremendous coin game, but talk about, I mean, complexity on top of complexity yeah, is just so weird with that game. This, I mean, even me being, you know, and I'm not saying I'm like some sort of coin game aficionado, but I understand coin games and this game just feels so pure to me. I'm, I enjoy it. Uh, you know, somebody said there's no rail lines to have to deal yeah. with or anything, which sometimes can get, you know, like, 
even in Gandhi, sometimes the rail lines, I'm just like, okay, how does this work again? You know, some, and I like that. I like that. Just that pure simplicity of this game mm-hmm. of just how it's going. Really like it. Love the personalities. I like, uh, cause I've always liked that. Like with the uh, Liberty or death, having the, the different leaders yeah. that you have. Now, obviously those are usually more like situational or more like tied to a location wherever they are. But I, I enjoyed the personalities. I'm glad that they pulled yeah. that into here. Should you, uh, should you attack with Washington? Or <laughs> or should you just let him you sit should there do the something with Washington, <laughs> not just let him sit there for the entire game and then lose. <laughs> that or was you. You could just have him be like Imelda Marcos in this game and accumulate a lot of shoes. I mean, <laughs> pretty much all he did when I played Liberty or Death last time, I literally never moved Washington yeah. or did anything with him. So. Also, I will say I all the factions have interesting things to do in this game where that, as far as the criticism of coin, I think that there are some games and some factions that are boring and they're very straightforward or just they, they are only going to do a couple of things like, you know, like the Fark in uh, Andy and Abyss, you're, Rally terror, like that's your game. Just mm-hmm. keep doing that back and forth. And I, in this, I, I, I felt like every faction was pretty interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you. Now, uh, it's very different between playing the standard game or playing the extended, because the extended, the uh, the nonviolent faction, yeah, the reformers, yeah, don't even start out on the board, you know. So, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Uh, you know, it can kind of be a little bit tough for maybe a newer player. Maybe I would definitely say if you have somebody who's new, I'd have them be the NPA or the government. Uh, I would not probably have them be the reformers. If you play the the extended version, if you play the standard, I think it's fine because then yeah, everybody's kind of out there and the rocking board. and rolling and, and ready to go. And um, yeah, that, that part's good. So, uh, okay. So moving on to, um, well, let's roll into player count since obviously normally it's a three player game. Um, is the bot would, would the bot do, could you play two with a bot? Okay. So you could do two with a bot, which we haven't done that, but you did a solo. Chad, yeah. Solo. You could and even do, I mean, honestly, cause this is the way the playbook is set up to go through whole, one whole election year where it's all, <laughs> it's all bots. I mean, that, that's just, <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's just because it's teaching you how to do that. Sure. Uh, but the system, uh, just a really quick overview of the system, which is nice. The regular cards, those event deck cards, if you look at them, they have a shadowing uh, on the factions as they appear in order at the top of the card. And so if it is a good event for that faction, you'll see a little shadow where their faction uh, emblem is on the card. And so then you know that that is uh, that's a critical event for that faction if you're playing in solo. And then you just go down that road and carry out that event. If you if it's your turn and it doesn't have that shadowing then you have a special deck that you're coming through and you flip over till you find that faction's card and then you go down basically a flow chart on that on that one to do um to do the the action that would be most likely to be done and and then there are different charts for where to do it and which pieces and all those kinds of things. So it, it is extensive, but it it's spelled out. And once you get used to it, it's it's good. Now, I have never played a uh, one where it's two player and one bot. I mean, it's easily made to do that, of course. Um, but I think actually, too, just playing a solo game with with one one regular player and two bots really teaches you the game because you start to see what are critical events based on those cards for the faction. And then when you play next time, you can look at that and be like, oh, okay, I get that. So even though this is sort of beguiling for me to do, it might not be the 
not quite as good as just uh, doing an operation in a special activity. So that's kind of a bonus of uh, kind of looking at some of the rules for the solo deck. It does teach you how to be better at the game. Okay. Nice. Right. Very good. And yeah. I, I can definitely see that because with coin games, with all the actions that you have, you can definitely just start doing random things that don't necessarily get you going towards your win condition. Sure, but. sure. I mean, and somebody, when we talk about teaching coin games, if I teach a coin game, the first thing I will tell somebody is basically ignore the events. Just ignore the events. If it's your turn, do your best option and then just do your first action. You know, do the first thing on the top of your page. Let's rally or whatever, you know, it's called in there. You know, let's march. Let's attack. Just learn those actions before you even worry about those events. Because I'll tell you, there are some events that are obviously going to be very good. But most of the time to win the game, you've got to be doing your main actions to be doing stuff to take over things and stuff like that. So, yeah. And you need to be paying attention to what other people are trying to do on the board too, uh, because they can, they really can Chad, you need to be paying attention to what other people are doing <laughs> on the board. Okay. All right. That's uh, good advice. Thank you. <laughs> now here's the thing. I'm salty. <laughs> he is still salty about that. The last time we played and I'm, one I don't with the after that dominant species thing I don't I don't anytime he starts whining right I will do whatever the hell I, I wanted I to know, do I know I know not, I know <laughs> I now know, not but I was pointing out I, no, no, you were still hitting no. me and Richie was poised to win the game no, no, at that just, point I was not the, oh whatever the I was default not. mode is whining mode yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will agree that that no I when <laughs> yes when you'll agree Chad, that you're ready to win when Chad was going after you i had not made my big move no. in manila yet i yeah. but i knew that it was coming that's why i was trying to point no, out you to him you didn't know nothing i, I knew everything <laughs> uh, what i did was i busted you and you went down to zero resources yes. which was totally worth it Ugh. it was totally yeah, worth it. you, you might have taken one extra win. i think you may have taken one extra shot while he was done but you know what? That's the great thing about coin games. Yeah. I love that 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 uh, you know that squabble and you know go after him. You know, and especially actually the three player game, I like it even more because right. it's almost like a you know no, we got to go hit him. Don't hit me again because obviously you're trying to figure out your secret way to you know jump in and win the game. So yeah, so I I, I love it. So all right, so talk about um, replayability and variability. So Chad. I would say the cards add some variability. So you're kind of mm -hmm. like, now I think that you're going to see what is the best thing to do at a certain time. And you're pretty much going to choose those cards because they are situational for the personality stuff. But I think, I mean, we've played it a bunch of times and we still haven't gotten to where those acts of desperation come out. So, yeah. you know, that I, I, that is, that's just a flip of the card. And then you're like, oh my gosh, you can do that to what I just did. Are you serious? Right. You know, right. so that adds some really nice uh, variability to, to things. And then we just saw even from standard to extended, you know, it's different. But I mean, you're going to be playing a coin game, so it's not going to be radically different. Uh, I think it's right in the in the middle of the road. I think it's just it's a wonderful sweet spot of like adding some stuff to the game without making it hugely complex because all the rules there that you get mm -hmm. that are added on are on a card, and that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's tough because we we own so many coin games, and we usually don't like just play the same one back to back to back. Um, so that's why I guess I never even I always think coins are <laughs> replayable just because we are jumping around so much right, right. Uh, i mean i guess if like you bought this and this was your your first coin game and you only had access to this maybe after a while it, it may get a little samey but 
I think I think it's got decent variability with the the card deck and like like Chad said, we really haven't even gotten into you know a whole mechanism in the game yet. So right. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's decent. Yeah, I, I would say this particular coin game maybe it's not as high a variability as some other ones that have a lot more going on, but I still think this is it, it still has enough teeth that even. I mean, I think you've got a lot of plays in this game. Uh, I don't know. The variability may not be hugely different every time you play it, but I think the replayability is definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we about ready to wrap this up and put a bow on it? I think so. Richie, tell us all about that wonderful Punchboard Paradise rating scale. So at Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a six being a game that could be in your top ten of all time and a one being a game that makes you miserable. Uh, I'll get started this time. All right. Almost all coin. I, I think I, I really haven't gone through and like rated every coin game separately. I would just rate all coin games at a five currently. And so I'm putting people power at a five. I, I'm excited for it. Cause I know a lot of people, uh, you know, like Rodney, um, has been like showing off like Cuba Libre and a lot of people are getting excited about this. And I think that this will do even a, a better job of bringing people into the coin system. So I'm, I'm excited to see this start to get out in the wild and people start to play it. I think it's a fantastic uh, coin game, especially if you're just getting started in coin uh, and definitely worth picking up. Okay. Good. Chad. Well, first I have a question just cause I was curious, Clef, how many, uh, how many events or propagandas are there in uh Cuba Libre? I can't remember like how many years of, of cards what's a standard and an extended do you remember it's like so, a, a I mean, I trivia assume, question <laughs> I, I would assume there's four okay so this is shorter than that which feels like it gets to what it wants to to do and you get and kind of like when we were talking about robotech reconstruction now not the same thing obviously but it gets to what you want out of it pretty quickly you feel like you had a coin game you feel like there were plenty of decisions it's 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 great. And so I give it kudos for that. I really appreciate that. And I think that that's why I think this is a better entry point for a couple of different reasons, but that's one of them um, is that you won't be playing for a, a really long time. You're, you're It's going to go quicker than all those other coin games pretty much that we named. I, I'm going to give this a, a straight up five. I'm, I'm really ecstatic about it. I would play anytime asked and uh, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I, I like the game a lot, and I, if you've been wondering about coin but still haven't made the jump, this is definitely the one to uh, to jump in on. Highly recommended. Yeah, um, there are a lot of things that I like about this game. Like I said, I like the fact that only one event comes up at a time. I like the fact it's super simple in how it's played. Um, I like the personalities. Uh, one thing we didn't even talk about, the election cards all have things that are detrimental to the government. Uh, so the government will always have to be dealing with whatever the election card uh, comes up and says. So I like all of those things. Now, a rating is like, you know, I like how Richie kind of said, you know, I mean, when it comes to all coin games, but for me, that's not necessarily true because obviously one coin game in particular is, you know, in my top three. So that, which is obviously a six, if I'm basing this just as a straight up in the coin series, I'd probably say this is a high four. If I'm basing this on a three player coin game, this is probably a high five because I really think it's really good in that sense um, for a three player game. Now, there are a lot of coin games that, you know, if you played this, I would say, hey, 
try this one. You know what I mean? There's so many cool things between, you know, Andy and Abyss and then talking fire in the lake and then obviously fallen sky. And even then, if you really want to go into Pendragon, I mean, there are some just some amazing different things that they've done with coin games. And this is definitely on that very simplistic level. So for me, you know, I'm going to give it a four just because of where I think it kind of fits in the coin world. But I, that is a really strong, good four and a high recommendation, especially if you've never played a coin game. Well, there you have it. So uh, the reviews are in. Uh, Richie gives it a five. Chad gives it a five. Clef gives it a four and maybe a high five. <laughs> it's a high four. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Okay. All right. So there we go. Our first official coin game review. Yeah. It was a good one. So, for our draft ideas this turn, uh, we've done a lot of these. So, we're trying to think of something fun. Uh, and what we decided on was top games you wish you hadn't shown to friends or family members. Yeah, it's yeah. a good thing that Mitch did that. <laughs> yeah, it's good thing your wife left. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, and we're not here. I mean, like, I have listened to a bunch of podcasts recently with, you know, that want to slag real hard. The purpose is not to do that, just to have some fun. Uh, not every game is for everybody, but certainly this is kind of fun to kind of look back on. Honestly, mine are usually trashing the people I was playing with more than the game. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I usually bought the game for a reason. So. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. There you go. Good point, good point. All right. Well, uh, uh, do we need to go over a little bit of uh, last? I mean, we oh don't yeah, we need got some to. housekeeping. Someone finally did their job. Uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you can see why I don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody votes for me. <laughs> I, I, I think that that was more of a punishment. I think our, I think the punch bunch knows. You, you, there's no punished? way that you should have been uh, rolling after uh, oh. forgetting to put up a poll like two episodes in a row. I didn't get the roll last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we drafted best two-player games last time. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad bringing in the win with 46.7% of the vote. Uh, oh. I came in second place with 33.3% .3 of the vote. And Clef bringing up the rear with 20% of the vote. Yeah, you know, I mean, I've had, yeah, I've had worse. Yeah, you definitely have worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Chad definitely had the best of Twilight Struggle. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Chad yeah. getting Twilight Struggle. That's, that's yep. pretty strong. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's goody. All righty. So, uh, so, yeah, Clef won't be rolling. Nope. Uh, I guess I should tell I us get, how we I didn't get any here. dice for you guys to roll over. <laughs> I, I don't care. <laughs> uh, but here at Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. Uh, we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you're going to draft first in the second round. Chad and I are going to roll or flip that cup. I don't... Oh, we can play Tippy Cup. Oh, you did bring dice. Okay. <laughs> you hide them there. <laughs> Eight. A seven. Ooh. Wow. Close. Uh, I will go first, and uh, yeah, yeah. Clef's going last. Okay. I think, yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think this draft. Means <laughs> I don't think this draft means anything. Yeah. No. No. I don't think we're having too many crossovers here. Uh, but so I'll get us started here, and luckily the Stuckies don't listen because a lot of mine on the list are <laughs> not because of the Stuckies themselves, but just because it led to other things. And I'm going to start off. <laughs> I'm going to start off with Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. I taught them uh, that, and they loved it. And I and I enjoyed I enjoyed Jaws of the Lion because it's just a book, and it walks mm -hmm. you through. And yeah. you know, you got the nice little puzzly, you know, card game that you're trying to figure out. You know, you have the miniatures and whatnot. But then that 
made Stefan go back Frosthaven. And now, probably until I die, I will be playing Frosthaven once a month until we get through it. All right. So basically every other month is when we go down to their house in Lincoln uh, because it's just too big to transport. And I don't like I don't hate Gloomhaven like Clef, uh, but I definitely don't love it. It's like a six or a seven for me around that range. And I definitely don't love it enough to go through all of Frosthaven. So I I I regret showing them. Gloomhaven draws a line for that reason. <laughs> so that's my first pick. Yeah, really, right. I can see you just actually, you're just sitting in your head like, ah, I wish I could play Frosthaven as a solo game. <laughs> yes. I really want to play it solo. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that they liked Gloomhaven and then you, you wanted to get Frosthaven and I'm, I'm, I'm glad they love it, but I'm just sad that now I, I'm, I'm a part of that love. You're kind of so, stuck. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. What do you got, Chad? Uh, so my first pick is going to be Insider. Uh, I I actually like um, social deduction games. I like what they provide, and I like to see my son get excited about that stuff too. Like he, you know, he loves talking around the table, um, and so. But I will say, like the whole family, Stephanie's whole family, they love that game, and it is a good game. But it, there was for a while there that was all that anybody wanted to play was Insider. Um, and so it got really tiring. Uh, and, uh, and it's funny too, cause th- it's not this way anymore, but I remember when we first started playing it too with Finn, like he would get so excited, he would want to peek too. And so you're like, no, 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 you have to cover your eyes. So yeah, insider's my first pick. And again, uh, some of these, honestly, that are going to be on this list are because they're my most played games. It's like they're <laughs> yeah. played out essentially. And that, and I, there's, a, I didn't pick any of that. Because none of them stood out for my my family, but like when I go back home to visit uh, my parents, I'll bring like thirty card games and I'll show them one, and then that's all we're playing that's for like the entire right. weekend. And You're like, hey, I got so twenty nine other ones. Yeah, nope. <laughs> all right, well, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with a bang here of a game that you know I I quite enjoyed this game, and then at some point it became my wife's favorite game so then i sold it so i didn't have to play anymore (laughs) then i felt bad so i bought the big box version of this game and then i've sold that too (laughs) (laughs) and that's merlin uh merlin's a fine game but it's not a game i want to play anymore and it's certainly not a game i want to play multiple times and even all the expansions in the world can't save that game anymore for me uh yeah i it's just not a game I'm going to play anymore. So Merlin, I wish, yeah, at some point my wife would have decided not to like it either because I think the rest of us all kind of stopped liking it all at the same time, except yeah. for her. <laughs> but, uh, you know, hey, it was really enjoyable punching that big box. <laughs> well, the insert was really I mean, nice. It's and, Queen game, so there will probably be another Kickstarter for like a 10th anniversary edition, and we'll make sure that Missy knows about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my next pick is, I mean, this is a game that I used to play a lot, you know, and kind of what Chad said here, I mean, it's games I've played a lot. I played this game a lot, and this was when I was new to the hobby and really, you know, excited about it. And it's a game that I absolutely love, the TV show, uh, which was only on really for about a half a season, but that's Firefly, okay? Now, Firefly, it's a cool game, and it's interesting. It's kind of a explore and do these different things. 
but there became a point where I was like, okay, you know, there's not a lot of game here. This is pretty, you know, the game itself is kind of blase, but oh my goodness, my, you know, well, ex-brother-in-law, but my friend Brian, oh my God, he loves, I mean, he went out and got that big damn crate. I don't know if you ever saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impressive. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, broken token. Yeah. I mean, huge. And I mean, we have obviously, I eventually one day, I just said, here, take the game. You can have it, okay? <laughs> take it out of my house. <laughs> Don't bring it back. Go play with other people. Because I was just like, I just, oh, playing this game. And he, I mean, I'm telling you, he gets into it. And he's like, all like, oh, look, I got Mal. And oh, I got now I got Zoe. And, you know, and all these characters. And he just, he loved. And so I have told him that I will play it with him once a year. So once a year, <laughs> I have to play it. Good news is I think I've already played it this year, so I don't I have to wait till next year. But I'm just now at the point where I'm like, oh, I just, oh, it's just not a game that I want to play anymore. So that's one I wish I would have never shown him. So Firefly. All right. Good pick. Good. All right. So coming back around, um, mine. this one is specifically for a reason. And I, I will still like to play this game once in a while. But the problem is I was stupid and I showed the easy version. So I, I can now never get the actually more interesting <laughs> and complicated version played. So I have Isle of Cats and I enjoy Isle of Cats at a smaller player count. You know, it's not something I want to play all the time, but sure. I'll happily play it. Yeah. Um, but whenever I bring that out, like and, and Stephanie wants, you know, like she's like, oh, to my mom, even she's like, oh, we, we, I love the game about the cats. We're going to play the game about the cats. We're going to play. <laughs> and, and so. Um, but she wants to bring out the family version every time, which there's really not much to it because you're not really drafting cards anymore. You're not paying the resources and and doing that to go back and forth. And I, I get it. It's just I don't want to play that game. And every time, every time um, I say, you know, uh, you know, you want to play that game. She goes, the game about the cats. Let's play that. And I'll go, um, l- let's add add some. Uh, we'll, we'll do the uh, the other version this time. And she goes. You want to add more rules? <laughs> <laughs> she looks like I'm trying to break her heart. I don't even know if I played the bet. What is what is it? I mean, really, you're just you it's have just the yeah the regular version. You have a couple of objectives cards that you're that you have in your hand that you're trying to fulfill as kind of secret scoring, and then I think you have some some common objective ones. So you don't draft cards. No, no. you don't oh. draft cards, and you're just put. You're just. Taking That's probably cat. the most interesting part yes, of that exactly. game. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and you're Which, just taking the cat pieces and putting them Honestly, if you're out. just going to play the family version, you might want to show her the, 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 I guess, is it a roll? No, it's flipping right. The flipping right version of that. Isle of Cats flipping right or whatever. You get, get it done quicker. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah. just a faster setup. That's the one where you, you color it, explore yeah. and draw one. Yeah, you explore and draw. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. say, I say I cut my losses and just <laughs> don't teach her anything <laughs> off of that game. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll t- I'll text Stephanie. Let her know. There's another oh, perfect. <laughs> Thanks. You fix that for me, buddy. <laughs> Am I going to be on that text? Most likely. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, uh, my next one, and then I'll stop picking on the the Stuckies. The uh, Clank, which I still I still love Clank as a family weight deck builder, but buying and showing them Clank then led to them buying Clank Legacy, and that almost killed Clank for me. <laughs> as yeah. far as... Uh, and maybe I'll even f- your friendship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I felt like it did kill Clank, because I don't know, you probably haven't played regular Clank since I you have. I have. Like, I oh, have gone okay. back and played regular oh, okay. Clank. Okay. Um, and it, yeah, Clank Legacy... 
Whew, it's just the setup and teardown and greeting like 30 stories. It just took, you know, a perfectly good family weight, 45 minute to an hour game and made it like a three hour game. And that was bad. Now, the last game of Clank Legacy was actually pretty good, uh, but I'm not looking forward. I'm going to have to go through Clank Legacy 2 when that comes out. Not looking forward to that unless they clean it up and take out. Oh my a God, lot of those a, stories. There's a two coming. Yes, <laughs> there's a two coming. They just they, this sounds the weirdest thing for them. They need to make it cooperative. I think that would be yeah. That that game. last that game last in the was, was or at actually least really something fun. Where you all everybody has to do a doing thing something together. together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Was, yeah I, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, having to sit there and listen to someone else going to a story thing, and oh, it's God. it is technically decent writing, but I don't care. Because <laughs> I'm not involved in that for the most part, whatever they're reading. So and it just drags. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Clank Legacy for my second, or not Clank, uh, which led to Clank Legacy. I'm 100% in with you. All right, now I got to pick on Jessica's family for a little bit. <laughs> uh, wavelength. Uh, mm -hmm. which Jessica's family is very, uh, very competitive. Not necessarily always in a good way. <laughs> they, <laughs> they get they get fiery, and wavelength have started a lot of fights. <laughs> I love it. And the uh, the two that I remember specifically, there was one where it was uh, like sexiness as far as like an animal <laughs> is concerned, <laughs> and the clue was cheetah, which. I, I was on the same wavelength, and I would say that cheetah is usually portrayed as a, a fairly sexy yeah, animal. That'd definitely yes. be on the positive side, 100%. And yeah. they went the other way, and what? then that was, a, that was a fight for a little... That was a long conversation, which was fun. I mean, it is still fun. It's not like they're yeah. like getting personal or anything, but it, it that kind of derailed that game. <laughs> <laughs> like somebody taking it personally. Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that cheetah costume I have in the closet? Looks good! <laughs> well, then they just start throwing out other animals they think are sexier than cheetahs and, you know. and so then that, it gets real awkward and yeah. quiet <laughs> so that derailed that game that goat looked good <laughs> and then the other was uh it was like as far as an occupation like safe and not as safe and uh brent said uh, small town firemen and he wanted it like it's still dangerous because, you know, you're fighting fires, but you're in a small town. So how often are you really getting called? Like that was right. his thinking. Yeah. And obviously, once again, they, they did not line up. And then that was just a long <laughs> yelling match yeah. back and forth. And why how you don't and, respect and, small town firemen. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Wavelength. Oh, man. That that's good. Started a lot of fights. That was good. So, <laughs> I like that. Good. that. <laughs> reminds me of the time when we were. The other get whatever the new version of that is uh, pinpoint or pinpoint. something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and and Brent put down by Brent put down. Uh, um, was it was? Oh yeah, wasn't it like it was like urban to rural? Yeah, and he put down like like Fremont. Fremont. <laughs> and Nebraska. he was like, "That's like completely no, it was completely urban." Urban, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we we're like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who aren't local, Fremont, <laughs> Nebraska, it's pretty small. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>, so. <laughs> what? <All right>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That game can make a lot of yeah. All right, yep. so thank you, Chad. I am going to go with another party game for mine. Um, these so. Just One and So Clover were really big hits with the family, okay? And So Clover especially, 
uh, and it just keeps getting played. And, and my mom loves that game. And she just talks about it all the time. When we get together for holidays, that's what everybody wants to play. Pretty much everybody has a copy. So everybody knows how to play. We can just get going. But I, I just, A, I played it so much. And B, my mom cheats like hell, too, because she's just putting together random words that aren't normally words and also sound vaguely racist. And so, and so I'm like, how do you you can't yeah, how do you not know that that's probably inappropriate and totally cheating? So so wow. I, yeah, I'm done with so clover for a while. I'm so over so clover. I would totally yeah. agree with you on that one. I am definitely, there is a point where I became, because my wife kept wanting to play that one too. And I'd be like, okay, we've got it. We get it. We're good. <laughs> I still haven't played so cool. Oh, well, which, which I don't, I don't plan on yeah, but. Okay. All right. So, um, so the next one I'm going to pick, uh, this is now I will say my, my poor wife is the one who's going to get most of the blunt here, but, um, we don't play this game very often anymore, but that is because I just flat out refuse to play this game anymore. And that is because I am terrible at deduction games. Terrible. I do not. I just, they don't work in my head. I don't, I can't sit here and go, Oh, well, because, uh, a B and C, you know, D cannot happen or whatever. And I'm, so I'm really going to, I'm going to say the game, but then that just goes to any deduction game. She likes any type of deduction games and I just hate them. But the one that started it all would be alchemist. And talk, I mean, this game, I mean, it was pretty much as when we would play this game two player, I would just like go through the motions because I would knew <laughs> there was no way I was ever going to win. I certainly wasn't ever smart enough to figure it out. Or like she would do things like that could fool me. Like she'd be go, she'd go publish this and I'd be like, oh, well, she knows she don't. so I do it. And then she doesn't publish it. Go, ha ha. That's not the right one. And I'll and I'll be like, oh my God. Uh, I think I played one game of this with the two of you. And it was so funny because Clef was, he just leaned back in his chair. He goes, I don't know. And I was like, Clef, Clef, do you want to, are you saying you don't want to be here? Like, Maybe. Me. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, if I never play Alchemist or any deduction game ever going to my, we played not too long ago. We played, uh, oh, what's it? Awkward, Awkward guests. guests. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody at the table, like they're trading cards and they're marking stuff off and they're like, and I'm just looking at everybody. Going, <laughs> <laughs> you like People that? would be like, you want to trade with me? I'd be like, sure, here you go. <laughs> I don't know what you're giving me. This. And I'd mark things and I'd be like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's no deduction for me. All right. Uh, and then my last one, it's it's kind of a toss up because one, we played whew, way too much. And then another one was one of those games that once again, my wife, she just was like, you, you know, you'd always be like, hey, you want to play a game? And this would be the game that she was like, oh, well, I'll play. And you're like, how we've played this game 20 times already. Let's play something different, you know, but no. And. It's a great game. The game I'm about to say, I like this game. I think it's a good game. It's just not a game that I want to play two player over and over and over again. And that's stockpile. Oh, two player oh, stockpile. <laughs> she just, I mean, like I said, that would be the game that she'd be like, yeah, well, I'll play stockpile. That's it. Okay. That's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm either not going to play a game and we can sit here and watch TV or I'll play stockpile. And I'd be like, all right, let's watch TV. <laughs> Once again, I stockpile is a fun game, especially mm -hmm. with multiple mm -hmm. players. I think it's it's a, a very fine game. 
it just is not a game. It's a game that I just wish I would have never have taught her and don't ever want to play with her ever again. <laughs> <laughs> At two players. Or, At two players. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if they were playing a larger group or whatever, I'd be fine. Yeah, sure. Maybe, but yes. So. All right, back to you, Chet. All right, well, my last one is Will Wheaton's fault. And that is to say that... I, you know, when I first got into board games, I had seen, I, I had a couple, but I had watched um, a tabletop when mm-hmm. it was a big thing and, and Will Wheaton. And, and I, first I want to say, God bless him. He, he, you know, he did a lot for board gaming, I think. And, and uh, I'm really glad to have, to have seen him, but I found this game and I introduced it to Finn and it was like catnip for him because it had to do with arguing and basic D and D tropes. And that's Munchkin. And oh, oh my. <laughs> and I love to support him because if he wants to sit down with me and play that game, so we have kind of like, and he hasn't asked to play recently, but because, um, because Stephanie and I both look like he shot us when he suggests it, <laughs> but like we will play. We've put a, we've said once a month we can, but you know, like when he wants to do that, sometimes I'm like. I will let you beat me five times at Super Smash Brothers and then kick my butt at Mario Kart. Just, I can't, I can't. Let's not play that. I mean, just really, uh, again, I love to play games with him and I love to have fun, but that game goes on so much longer than it should. And then I inevitably get get ticked off because his bargaining chip is, you're my mom and you're really not going to help me? And so, then of course, oh, wow. uh, yeah, so of course <laughs> that goes through too. So anyway, uh, Munchkin, Munchkin is one that we Great. still have in the house, but yeah. I try to move it around uh, from time to time. <laughs> like, put it inside of another board yeah, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or just throw it in the trash. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good pick though. All right. uh, my last one is also because uh, of Jessica's family and that is the mind. And they are, like I said, just very competitive and they kind of have built their own like meta around the gameplay of the mind, even though they don't know what cards you have in your hand. And if you misplay, boy, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> if you, oh yeah. If you, why, why do you think you can play a 36 right there? It's like, it, it, it's literally random. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like I, I can understand if you start off and you put down like a 99. Yeah. Then you're an idiot. But if we're in that range that someone plays and it's wrong, you, you're going to hear about it. You're going to hear how, how stupid of that play that was. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it's definitely not friendly for like new people coming in <laughs> as well. But gotcha. yeah, I, one that I didn't introduce, but my in-laws, and my wife play a game called Rook, which is oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. game. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they play like Rook, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> and like the first time I ever played, like, I mean, I think her dad just like ripped me up and down or something after the game. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And I told my wife, I said, I'm never playing Rook with your family ever again. I mean, no. And they, they don't care. They're like, no, right, right, right. this is dead serious on this. And that's <laughs> yeah. all they play. All they play is Rook. And I'm like, yeah. So I, I get that with trick taking a little bit. Because I remember in eighth grade, we had a we had a football coach that every lunch hour, he would, in his classroom, he would... Uh, have us play euchre and we had teams of euchre and one day i brought in my friend aaron and i and aaron told me that he knew how to play euchre and apparently he did and he got he got matched up with uh, mr groach for his partner and they lost 10-0 <laughs> and then he and he is football coach and back then they they laid into you no matter what <laughs> and, 
he laid into me like, what the hell are you doing bringing him in here? Like, like, he was not allowed to come back until he learned how to play the game <laughs> properly. So. Oh, <laughs> with, so something that's like that, we played, um, we have friends that we play card games with, a, another couple, and they wanted to teach us pitch. Which mm-hmm. it's fine. It's not that complicated. But if you don't teach a lot of games and the scoring is a little bit hard to grasp, uh, if it's not, you know, right up front. And I swear this woman was explaining it to Stephanie and ultimately basically made her cry because she said, how do you not understand that that is, you know, that's 12 and this is, and Stephanie's like, I'm trying. I'm like, see, way better teach than what I, what I you know. Oh, that's good. All right. There we go. That was a fun there draft. You. Any yeah. uh, honorable yeah. mentions? Uh, I had Fuji Flush on there. There was a point there where <laughs> you were you loved Fuji Flush yeah, for a while. I did for like <laughs> uh, you know a few times. And then I was like, okay, we've played this. This is nothing <laughs> different now. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's Potion Explosion, which Stephanie really likes. That's like that for me. Where and it's almost. I mean, it's not horrible setup, but it's just kind of annoying. I'm like, okay, we'll play the one with the clanking marbles together. And yeah. <laughs> So the only one, other one I had on there was Betrayal Legacy, and that that's really my fault. Like I I should have known. I knew I didn't like Betrayal, and uh, I should have known that. Yeah, that is your fault. Making it a legacy yeah. game wasn't going to fix anything. So yeah, that, that that's on me. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything? I mean, just off, just quick. Anything Gen Con coming that uh, oh, interesting yes. to you guys? Uh, I got a few games that Corey's picking up for me. So. Oh, what? So what's on your list? Yeah, uh, I've got the Rich and the Good. Which is Habengut. Habengut. Yep. So that's a, a reprint from yeah. several years ago. Okay, yeah. It was so a classic we'll game in its time. Okay. Cool. Um, and then I got a couple of card games, uh, Splitto and. I've heard good things about that. Okay. And uh, Gap. Okay. And then the, bi- the only other big thing I got was uh, Defcon 1, hmm. uh, which is a French game. Interesting. Um, that was a Kickstarter. The thing that's really cool about it is it's a two to five player game, but each player count is different rules. Like if you play the two player game, it's just a straight up like trying to defeat the other player. But if you play a three player game, you're on similar teams, but you're trying to get secret objectives. And then so like if you go to four or something, it's different with each player count. And I thought that sounded something really cool. I like the thought process of that, of how it's designed for a certain player account for what the rules are. So that's, uh, yeah, sounded interesting. Well, I didn't ask Corey to get me anything, but I, uh, I, there are a couple things that I'm interested in. And one of them, uh, you can't really get, I guess you could have, if you were going to be there, you might have an opportunity to get an early uh, look at it and, and play through of it. If you were up on the sign up sheet and who knows, I'm, you know, if this does go through and I, I get, uh, I end up getting this game. I may have to retcon this list and put it on that. <laughs> I don't even know, but it's that Disney Lorcana uh, trading card game that is out there. And because because Finn likes Pokemon and Stephanie likes Disney, I'm really I'm really curious about Rob, what Robinsberger is going to do with it. So you know, I'm interested. Now I wouldn't get uh, a pack, but I think the store is going to have an event where it comes out like the 18th. Um, but if you go to Gen Con this weekend, you will get to play and take home some of your own packs. If, if so, you went to Gen Con last weekend. All right. Yep. Oh, yes. Last weekend. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and then the other game that I'm excited about uh, coming out is the one that Richie just got. So 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, set up innovation. On, set from... up on the table. I'm going to teach Jessica this weekend. So Perfect. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that would be the only thing that I was interested in. Um, it really wasn't much on the list that I was excited about. Uh, sale, uh, one from... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it's not board game tables now. It's uh, all, all play. play. They're yeah. cooperative trick taking. Trick taking. It for, is cooperative though. I know it's a card game though, and <laughs> it looks good. I it mean, is as far as the, uh, the art goes, so and I'm, it's like two player, two player, only, yeah. right? Yeah. So basically, you are taking tricks or not taking tricks by trying to sail your boat through this hazardous waters around pirate ships and stuff. So basically, like how you're doing it is gonna. I'm I'm curious to, as to how it plays. Yeah, yeah that, that's just one I just want to try out. So that other than you know uh, the age of Innovation. Innovations, yeah. Uh, which is, it, it, for those who haven't heard of it yet, um, it is a very variable Terra Mystica game. So you have, yes. you are going to get like your own player mat, uh, but then also some player powers on top of it. So it's kind of like, it's almost like when a Scythe paired like a, a faction with a different kind of thing. So you're mm. pairing those things together, and but you're still playing Terra Mystica. Then they've got other there's another resource in it, which is books, and the books can be wild, but um, in the original Terra Mystica, Mystica or even Gaia Project, where you have those kind of single actions on the bottom of the board that you could spend powers to take or power to take from your bowls, uh, this lets you spend those book resources uh, to do it, mm -hmm. which is kind of different and a, and a cool thing. So the books have kind of a, um, a twofold uh, use, so to speak. So... I'm I'm totally interested in how this works out. It seems like it's just kind of a more heightened, uh, more variable Terra Mystica, and that sounds yeah. great to me. And uh, I like that because I mean, you, once you know the game, you're supposed to draft essentially like your your starting faction and other components of that. But you don't get like your your stronghold. But in, in this game, I think it's called a palace. You won't have that power immediately. There's going to be um, based on the number of players, there will be some that are set out that you'll eventually get during the game, and then add on to your stronghold or palace, whatever it's called. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to try. Although, you know, I'm bad when they give me a faction that, you know, they pre-made. So we'll see. <laughs> I'm sure I'm going to put together some horrible factions. <laughs> yeah. I'll be interested to see what you think of it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad you bought that in a melatonin state. So. Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I completely forgot that I had ordered it and I got tracking. I was like, oh, I guess I'm getting that. <laughs> well, you got something else with it, too. I uh, it's a solo card game. I don't even remember how to say. It's a Tony... Waydell? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Alpha something. Alpha... Aleph Null. Aleph Null. There we go. Yeah. Something about summoning a demon or something. You really were. I mean, you must have overdosed on I, melatonin. I'm wow. gonna guess that that got me to free shipping. Okay. <laughs> there what, we what go. I would assume. Yeah, because <laughs> as a board gamer, you, if you can just you know spend an extra you know twenty thirty dollars instead of the five dollars for shipping, you, you've done it right. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's a heck of an episode. Uh, you know what? I hope punch punch. I hope for you that you have people that you enjoy sitting around a table with as much as I enjoy these guys. Punch Punch, please take care of yourselves and take care of each other. All right, everybody, have a good night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise.
I don't even want to be around anymore. What? I don't want to be around anymore. Like you don't want to live anymore? I don't know. You're saying you don't want to live because you're wearing that suit? Yeah.